are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 213 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, co- I mean, Chris. You. I thought we were going with a new nickname for you, COVID Chrissy. COVID, COVID host. I'm the COVID, COVID host. That's right. The coat, my COVID. Damn it, man. I meant to use that last week. I'm your COVID host. I'm, I'm mad, bro. We missed, a, you know, I missed an opportunity there. You did. You sucked. I gave you two weeks. Uh, yeah, should happen. Two weeks to come up with it on your own. And I don't know. He's MIA again. So we'll just, he's supposedly, he was supposed to join us last week. I think it was the snow. I don't know if it's the snow. He's trying to shovel, but um, it doesn't matter because we have a special guest anyway who, because it's Super Bowl weekend, I think he has a new show coming out. <laughs> so he's looking to use this platform. And I know, Christian, this is a natural laugh because you had no idea, but. We actually landed a special guest this week who wants to plug a show and, it, like I said, take advantage of the uh, of Super Bowl weekend. Uh, you know how advertising is is uh, <laughs> so tough. So we have uh, we have a special guest here, and uh, <laughs> not really yeah. sure. Well, right okay, Mike. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. There. All right. Well, uh, here to promote. Okay, I'm here to promote my new, uh, my new online talk show here. Okay. All right. Let me just uh, take a crack here. Let me take a swig of it. Oh, let me take a here. Okay. A little special preview here. Okay. A little preview here. Uh, my new late night talk show called Mike's on late. Okay. All right. That's uh, what I'll be doing here. Okay. Let me just pull that over there. Okay. All right. And what I'll be doing here, uh, is a special preview. Okay. Of a new segment, a segment we'll be doing. Okay. All right. One little segment here. All right. Okay. Just catch my breath a little here. Okay. Oh, let me just catch my breath a little here. Okay. Get comfortable here. Okay. Right there. Comfortable there. Our new segment we'll be doing called Rest in Peace. Okay. It's uh, an in memoriam segment. Okay. Uh, a memorial segment here where, you know, for example, okay. All right. Uh, I might uh, turn on my piano here. Okay. Which I, okay. All right. I learned during uh, the coronavirus. Okay. Got my mask on here. Got my uh, hand sanitizer. <laughs> Not to cut you off, Mike, right, but and, for, uh, for anyone listening, please go okay, to YouTube yeah. and, and watch this yeah. video, please. It'll be very yeah. worth it. Yeah. All right. Let me get back there. Don't interrupt me again. Okay. All right. There. Okay. All right. So what we'd be doing here, for example, here. Okay. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear that there? All right. <laughs> 
All right, so here's what we do. Yeah, rest in peace, a little song tribute, okay? The hills are alive, okay? With the sound of music, okay? Christopher Plummer, rest in peace. He was 91, he died February 5th, okay? Okay, he was uh, one of my favorite actors there, okay? Uh, with songs they have sung, okay? For a thousand years, okay? All right, there. Uh, run that door and okay. Another one I might do here. Just one quick one. Another one here. Okay, ready? Here's a more upbeat one. Okay, guys. When your teacher go to school and you think you're really cool, okay, and you know you never make it on time, okay? Okay, right now it's okay. All right, cause I'm saved by the bell, okay? Dustin Diamond. That's the way at uh, age 44. Most famous for playing Screech there. Okay, I'll say it by the bell. Uh, my opinion, kind of uh, an overrated show there. However, it did have a catchy theme song there. Let me go together. Yes. <laughs> All right. Because I'm Because I'm saying by the bell. Okay. <laughs> All right there. All right. That's my uh, special preview here of uh, Mike's on late. Let me just get some squirts in here before I go. All right, guys. All right, should I go out this way? Should I go out here? Should I go out the window here? Okay. Do I go out this way? Do I go out that way? Which way do I go out here? Okay, all right. I'll just get up here. Okay. All right, guys. All right, take care. All right, bye. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, all right, take care. Take care. Take care, guys. Take- <laughs> that was Mike Frances, everybody. I uh, don't know if he knows this, but his camera... <laughs> His camera is uh, exposed the uh, the briefs that he has on. <laughs> was he doing a parody of uh, Joe Biden press conference there at the end? <laughs> at the end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That was good. A little preview of what MYYST has coming, has coming in the upcoming months. We l- we're looking to utilize Ryan's talents a little more. I, I mean, uh, Mike's, wasn't re- Mike's talents. I was going to say, that wasn't really Mike. Mike's talents. So it's uh, Super Bowl Sunday. We're about three hours from the big game here. Uh, not a lot going on in yet. <laughs> How do you not even recover from that? You don't, bro. That's like, you know when you're at the, uh, you know when you're at a party and you've had one beer too many? And you know you're done. It's finished. It's over. No matter. You can't. That's there's it. no boot and rally. There's no coming back. There's no coffee. You can't make coffee. You take a nap. You're done. We're we're screwed. Six minutes into the show. Six minutes. Literally six minutes. <laughs> so, um, what was I saying? Oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Like I said, we're about three hours from kickoff. Bucks versus Chiefs. Uh, you'll hear this obviously Monday morning. So at the end of the show, we'll give our Super Bowl predictions. We'll see if we're right. I just dropped the movie on the dog. So, and I got to give him another dog Xanax. Dogs. You know. uh, I wish I had fucking dog Xanax right now. I was, I want to, I want to toot my own horn. I had the Royal Rumble winners right. Don't go back Did and you? look at last week's episode Who'd you say? to verify. Who'd you say? <clears throat> I had. I did say Daniel Bryan, but I remembered I did mention Edge and he won. And mm. then I think we both and then I think both Dan and I did say Bianca Belair was would be the women's winner. Mm. And she won. Okay. So just because you mentioned the person, you're giving yourself the credit. Yeah, but see, that's how shit works nowadays. If you say something, 
it's even it. though that's not your final answer, it doesn't matter. And it happens, right. and you take credit for it. Right, you're right. And if you're first on a story, even if it's not true, you take credit for it. Right. That's it. it it's just all about. It's Trevor all about Bauer didn't sign with the Mets. Right. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's the biggest. He is the biggest free agent on the market. To get that story wrong, you, you know? know, it's really scary when you think about it. That verified, known national baseball writers are just throwing shit to the wall to be first now because that's what social media has lent itself to. Because we joke all the time about sources season S Z N. And you have all these these Johnny Come Lately Hammenagers that are trying to make a name for themselves that nobody knows from a fucking hole in the wall that are that are just trying to throw stories out there to say, and then if it happens, they can say, "Oh, I'm right." And then you got Ken Rosendahl of all people shouting out a Blue Jays fan account for the Michael Brantley signing when Michael Brantley didn't even sign with the friggin' Blue Jays. Yeah. I, look, I mean, it's, it's just been a mess this off season. That's been one of our biggest pet peeves since we started doing this has been we, the fact that we try and do things right. And we don't just go out on a limb, you know, without having Hey, there's Ryan, his microphone's muted, but sorry guys. I finally back. <laughs> Finally, I finally just got connected, guys. You missed a you missed a really, really uh, nice guest. Come on and and plug a show. But, oh yeah, but we won't even I'll tell you about I'll it. We'll make just, sure I yeah. listen. Um, one of our biggest pet peeves has always been the the people who have sources and go out there. It's gotten progressively worse, um, but at the same time, it's it's actually gotten to a point where. There are some people who you don't know from anything that do have inside sources, like who do have a cousin who works for the team who's leaking shit, and they end up being right. Like there's a couple of accounts on there that that have known things that unless they had a source, they they would have never known, and they and they've stuck their neck out and got it. So right. in turn, now not only do you have so many people saying they have sources who don't. But because of the fact that you can sprinkle in a couple no names that do have sources, you have guys like fucking Ken Rosenthal, who, as much as I can't stand the guy, obviously has a very reputable, uh, you know, persona to to back and uh, going out there on a limb and, and sending out stories that just aren't true. And, and that's well, the world we well, live Bob in. Bob Nightingale. We're- Really screwed the pooch this weekend with the uh, yeah the Trevor Bauer going to the Mets stuff on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look to to be fair to him, it did, did seem like a lot of momentum was in the corner of Bauer to the Mets, but I don't. You can't tweet. Was Bauer, that deal Mets on the that, table though? What that deal was on the table? Yeah, uh, we'll break it was down with Bauer for more. Uh, right? Yeah, we'll break that down all in a little bit. But before we get too far down the Trevor Bauer rabbit hole. We need to open the show with Ryan begging for some scotch. Uh, is, is that what you're drinking, Ryan? Uh, it was scotch, but then I ran out, so now it's whiskey. Right before is we actually drunk, before we, are you drunk already? He took was it two weeks Super ago? Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. So what? Give me a rating. What are you right now? Scale one to ten. Oh no, not barely. Uh, barely anything. I like the stack high ride drunk scale. I love it. Like three. Eh, like three or four. 
Wow, five. that's pretty high up on the scale, though. Dude, <laughs> but for, like, no, I, like yeah, three, I, four, I, or I get, five. Yeah, between three and five. I get. I, yeah, I drink during the Super Bowl. Special All right. <clears throat> Before we get to the thing I wanted to get to, let's get to this. Ryan, I don't know how familiar either of you are with uh, Triple H. Can name ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Well, when Triple H <laughs> debuted in WWE, is that, Vin, as, is that um, what's his real name? Who? Henry. Vince McMahon. Is that who you're thinking of? No, McMahon's the owner of. Yeah, and that's Triple H's father-in-law. Right. What's, really what's Triple H's serious? real name? Paul. What's his last name? Jesus Christ. Levesky. Le- <laughs> yeah, Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. Okay. It's French, Ryan. Levesque. 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 Uh, Triple H, but they didn't want to change his name, so they just shortened it to Triple H. And you were just to assume what the tr- the three H's stood for as part of his past life. Okay. So now you've had a gimmick change on the show, Ryan. You're no longer Stack Guy Ryan. You're just you're really just Ryan now, part of the the crew here. You no longer perform the duties that you were hired to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is that is that a, that's a promote that might be a promotion I think so instead of being stack guy Rye we'll just call you SGR and people will just assume yeah. as a throwback yeah. to what, I like that to I what like you that, used dude. to be I like that for now from now on it is just SGR wow Perfect. so we'll we'll see if it sticks by the end of the show and we'll we'll go with it there so you're no Stick longer the Connecticut. Connecticut blue blood. You're pointing at your dick and telling nice. everybody to suck it now. Yeah, yes. that sounded very misogynistic of me. I should probably. Uh, well, we are I, honestly. For I anyone who doesn't out. know, we are misogynists. So, we are the misog- the the Yankee podcast of misogyny, apparently. So it's a well known fact. Well known fact. So. <clears throat> We want to say, please uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. If you want to go out of your way and tell us that we suck, we also welcome and encourage that as well. We're not trying to uh, say that you're allowed to have a di- not allowed to have a differing opinion, but please do me a favor. And if you're going to leave a one-star rating and review, please tell us that it is because that we suck and we're the worst show you ever heard. Because I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, I can live with seeing literally scrolling down and seeing 1000 reviews of that, because you know what? We're not for everybody. We're not, you know, your taste is not always going to match up with our, what, what we're that's doing intentional people. That's intentional. That's how, you know, we're genuine and we're letting you know right <laughs> off the bat. So if you don't like the show because you just don't like the show and want to leave us a one-star rating and review because of that, that's perfectly fine. I, there's a lot of stuff on TV and or podcasts that I have listened to and I have watched that are really popular that I don't like. But you know what I'm not going to sit there and do is lie about why I don't like it, which is what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. So if you really just want to get into the meat of the show, maybe fast forward down the road five minutes when we just break down Trevor Bauer and, you know, really <clears throat> and tie it into some of the stuff the Yankees have been doing. But I feel like, you know, our reputation has been attacked here. And that's what I don't care for. And I feel like our loyal listeners and people that may not be so loyal listeners, maybe you, you, you know, you need to hear this coming out of our mouths. Chris showed me a review earlier this week that said that 
Do you want me to read it real quick? Okay, please read it. (laughs) And I got to say, before we even talk about this, we put a tweet out there and we call what you know, like in uh, uh, the hangover when he gets the wolf pack together. Yes, that's what we did. And our fucking loyal listeners came into a fucking jumped into our DMS like without before I could even submit the tweet. And we're like, what do you need us to do? And, uh, and what we asked was for them to have our back. And it wasn't, um, and, and that's a call for, we know what we're doing here. We know that we're, we're, we're really testing the waters of our culture right now. And we're okay with that, but we need our loyal, loyal listeners to, to have our back and we know they do. And that's why we friggin' love you. And so it's going to take me just a minute now to find this tweet because of all the people who came on to our reviews and just started pounding with what we really are and what, and what we represent. So thank you for that from the bottom of our hearts, because you guys are why we continue to do this. Trust me. However, here's the tweet. I mean, not the tweet, the review. I'm not even going to read the name, even though I technically can. It just says nasty for the subject. Uh, One star, again, which is fine. But now here's the review. I find this program has a nasty, mean edge to it. All the cursing, misogyny. I've listened to many episodes, but I don't think I could take it anymore. There was one word in there that I vehemently disagree with, and it's why we I feel the need and we felt the need to dis, to to take a few minutes and discuss this, and it's misogyny. Okay, can you I? Cannot, I'm just going to stop you for a second because it's very important we clarify why that word is not okay. Was the cursing a subjective or objective review of what we do? I don't know. What, what would you say? Objective. It is? I think we curse. We do curse a lot. And I told, and I've said numerous times, is, I don't is mind claiming it. misogyny subjective or objective. It's wrong. Is it subjective or objective? <clears throat> I, I would say it. that would be a subjective. Yeah. Right, and when you do that and you hit someone's reputation with a subjective right, 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 review, that's not okay. Not when you're going to use a, a term like that. Now, you want to say that we suck? That's a subjective review you can use. You want to say you love us? Of course. But to use a claim like misogynist, rape, uh, racist, stuff like that. Right. Why, why don't you just go the whole gambit and call us racist, homophobic, right. and everything, everything. Else Just call us everything. Correct. Uh-huh. And that's my point. And when you start to, get cl- start to go down that road of your subjective review, you better come at me with some proof. <clears throat> right, and I tweeted that earlier when we got that review. I tweeted, I said, if you're going to make that claim, you need to come up with an uh, hard evidence, proof that this show is misogynistic. And you, and I listened back to last week's show, and I'm saying to myself, you know, you make a claim like that when I took a minute to describe how much I loved my grandmother and how much she meant to me and why I love having a girl you know, having a baby girl and all that. And then, and then I'm saying to myself, did you just jump? I mean, it's hard. It's a podcast. So, I mean, you know, like where you zone down and then all of a sudden when you heard me yell, get in the kitchen, bitch, is that when, 
it, it, Which it was dawned on you. clearly a joke. Clear, clear. Do you speak to your wife that way? No. Do you think never. I speak to my wife that way? I would hope not. Do you think, I know you well enough to, to think that you wouldn't. Do you think Stack Guy that Ryan would treat a woman that way? I don't know, Ryan. Do you think well, he'd ever... He's just, he just my co-host brother. Remember do you that? think yeah. that he would treat my daughters that way? Your daughter that way? Would any no, of us I do that? No. Do the no, people who truly not. know who we are think we would do that? No, anybody that follows me on Twitter would know never to throw that fucking word around towards me or even Especially you. you. You're, you're was, very sensitive towards it. To to uh, know that I would associate myself with somebody that I felt would would fit um, that billing. If if you even if you even have that thought that any of us are that word, just listen to last week's episode. There's a Christian, difference. Your 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 explanation as to why your daughter is named the name she is. It's I mean that alone. If you were if you were a misogynist Christian, I'm, I think your daughter's name would be Derek right now. Yes. Do you know the the problem with our culture right now and why there's really no good comedy out there anymore is because we've blurred the line between things like misogyny and racism and whatever with insensitive humor or insensitive Mm -hmm. opinion, really. And and I agree with that. There is a fine line. And the fine line is not to protect the people making the jokes or saying the insensitive comments, the fine line is there to protect the people who truly are victims of those things. Because you want me to bring on someone who's a true victim of misogyny and ask them if we're, if we come off as misogynist, I promise you they will laugh and then tell and then say it's a disrespect and a slap in the face to them to just lump guys like us in with people who are truly misogynists out there. Right, because you think a misogynist would spend in the hour before I sat down to record his podcast cleaning my fucking kitchen? Why do we have such tru- you, why that, do we have such scheduling troubles all the time, Christian? Because we're trying to help our wives in the raising of our children and and how they and how we uh, what's the word I'm looking for run our ha- run our households together as as, as a unit. as part as a unit correct as partners as partners if we didn't give a shit if we felt they were inferior and that that was their duties would we give a shit no <laughs> no no i mean plain if, and simple if we right were there. misogynist if i was a misogynist why would i use the platform that i built on this show and on social media to go after jared porter and mickey calloway wouldn't i think that was okay what they did yeah right absolutely right and this and this would be the platform where you would express that that you know and you clearly you know i i, I really it's just like i i feel i sure. felt we did need to to bring like to bring this to attention but it's such it's such a uh just not inaccurate thing to say well I, i'll say you this know? for me personally as a personal take to it I am not offended one bit. I couldn't care less. No, I'm less. offended by it. I I'm couldn't gonna, no, care I'm offended less. offended by it because that... Okay. Hold on. All right, you go, you go, you go. Hold on. Okay. Let me just okay. say that. Oh, as a, a, as a, no, a, 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 We're actually very big in Canada now, so we're trying to, yeah. we're trying to flow a few A's in What's there. What's that all about? What's that about? <laughs> What's that about? Um, from a personal standpoint, I'm not offended one bit. Why? Because I know I'm not a misogynist or... Or I know that I don't have those feelings or or those opinions. I couldn't care less about this person. Where I get offended, and not so much offended, more defensive, is because we are part of a team here, the three of us. And we work very hard 
to do what we do and to, to really build our brand and our reputation. And I get defensive for that and for all of what we do and for our listeners, because now our, so what you're telling me is the people who love us, the people who are loyal to us, they're, they just support misogynists now and they don't give a shit. No, I'm going to defend them too. So personally, that's person who left this review, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care what you think. And I hope you're listening right now. And guess what? If you want to come on this show, even if the other two here don't want to do it, I will. You can come on and tell me all the reasons why. And I will respect you more for that. 100%. But don't be a coward behind your fucking keyboard and tell me what I am or what this show represents in that sense without the proof. So I'm not offended. You can call me any name in the fucking book. And I will admit to anything that is true. But I will not stand for you fucking sitting there and saying that to me, not because of myself, but because of what we represent and what our listeners represent to us. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe offended's not the right word, but I, I'm very like maybe defensive is the better word to use in this situation because we've worked too hard since the middle of 2017 to get this show to a point where it's at right now to have somebody who doesn't like our content throw around the word like Mm -hmm. that. And you made a great point that I didn't even think of because now what if somebody was just on iTunes one day scrolling on our page and sees that now you're costing us downloads. You're costing us possible sponsorships. You're costing us loyal listeners that might be like, Oh, Hey, you know what? Maybe they are, you know, maybe I did hear something that was a little misogynistic and whatever, but that, but here's the thing. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't have the right to throw that word around. You don't know me as a person. You might follow me on social media, which if you do and you think that you're a fucking moron, moron. okay, you, re- you really are. Or you just listen to this show, which if you, ha- if you listen to a lot of episodes like you claim, I don't understand how you can think that 90% of what we say isn't a joke. And maybe you're offended by the jokes. Sorry, I grew up in a time where you were allowed to joke about different things. And I'm not saying that, you know, things that were joked about in the 80s are still okay to be joked about today. There's certain lines you shouldn't cross. But when my best friend tells me that he doesn't allow his wife to watch wrestling anymore, I'm going to make a joke about that. It doesn't mean that I really think Chris is sitting there with a with a whip to <laughs> every time his wife goes to reach for the remote and say, hey, you better not fucking turn wrestling on, the bitch. Jo- the joke behind it all is that my wife knows if she wanted to put wrestling on, she'd grab the remote and tell me she was putting wrestling on. And then I'd sit there and, and go, we would okay. do nothing about it. Okay, baby. You want me to go in the kitchen and, co- and, and drum me up a sandwich? You good? And that's it. And, and that's where, that's why I feel bad for these people. And that's why I don't get offended. I'm not going to get offended, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you. I'm someone who, who will challenge anyone on, uh, on what their claims are. And it doesn't mean that you have to walk away and I have to prove you wrong. But when you're going to make the claims like that, you better come with me. You better come and give me the opportunity to defend those claims. And, and that's it. We're, we're, we're talking Yanks. We're talking Yankees here, guys. You know, that's no, what we're that's talking. What we're Yanks. Don't I know. I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> he said talking. We're just, we're, Yanks. Oh, okay. All we want to do. All we, yeah. 
I, we don't I, need to be I hit clarify. with a copyright infringement. Yeah, I know. We might get a we might get a certain <laughs> network to come down our throat here. It's not a game show here, Ryan. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but you know, that's all we want. That's literally. I mean, as if you want to simplify what this show is, we're just three guys that are talking. We're, we're we just want to see the Yankees fucking win a World Series. Really, we're honestly, talk about it for three years. We've been doing this show or going on our f- fourth year or fourth season. 17, 18, 19. No, this is the fifth, this is four and a half, I guess, if you want to say. Okay. Started midway 2017. Awesome. Okay. So we're just three guys waiting for a fucking World Series. That's it. Give us a World Series. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, you know, lady, we know or man because you left your name. Uh, yeah, I don't know, though. Uh, I don't know. That might now you might be playing right into it. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know Person. if that name was. Well, I hope they're listening. I hope they're listening, and they DM and and they come on the podcast. And we yeah, talk just about listen. It. Let's let's. If you want to come on, then DM us. You really at feel MIY that way? Sports then let's talk. talk about it. Or email us myysportstalk at gmail dot com. There you, you go. Know, it's the off you, season right now. The, the Yankees aren't playing right now, so let's let's do it. Let's you it don't get there's certain words you don't get to throw out towards at other people, and that's racist, homophobic, misogynistic. But people do it I'm all sure the time. Other, now. I'm sure there's others that you can we can name. But if you don't agree with something somebody says, it doesn't make them one of those words. And saying that you can really hurt the reputation of somebody, and that's where I stand against what this review was you take that word out we're not even talking about this right now that's what our culture is now i mean it's the the way to the way people feel that they're right and justifying their feelings is by deeming the the person they're against evil and the way you deem someone evil without knowing who they are is you you put a label on them a really terrible word to call someone whether it be misogynist racist again whatever without any merit without anything to back it up and you just lump it in and what do you do you you essentially you you make everyone who supports those people evil as well right and and that's where the problem lies right there because and that's where the culture wars come into play because you have no nothing to back that up and 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 you don't care as long as you get your word out there and your opinion that's all that matters to you so you are garbage to me and this is what we said numerous times and i'll say it one more time the greatest compliment we get on this show is when somebody tells us hey i feel like i'm just sitting down with my buddies drinking a beer talking baseball and that's what this show is intended to be I don't want to sit down here and break down sabermetrics, analytics, this guy's uh, fucking wins created probability or whatever for an hour. I want to sit here and talk about tangible things, have fun with my friends, and entertain some people. That's That's what I want to do. That's it, man. So if that's not, if this, that doesn't fit what you're looking to get out of this show, then you know what? I'm sorry. Go listen to somebody else. See you later. But also, on the same token, if you don't listen to us, if you don't want to listen to us anymore because we live in a fantasy world. Guess what, bro? You live in a fantasy world, okay? Because now that's the second review we've gotten in as many weeks telling us that we don't live in reality. The worst thing that ever happened to Yankee Twitter is who is whoever showed them how to use this baseball trade simulator. Oh, my God. Because, I hate it. Because now... Because now all of Yankee Twitter just lives 
in like it's just like uh I don't it's like a, a Sims game. It's like Sims. There it's, was a it's show. Like Sims. When Mighty Morphin Power Rangers got really big in the mid nineties, there was like two or three shows that were like kind of knockoffs of Power Rangers that mm. try to capitalize off of off of their popularity. And one of them was like this dude that went into a computer to fight like computer viruses or something. Sounds. I awful. remember watching it one couple of times. It might have been like Blossom's brother or something. Must have been when you were like first born, before my time. Right, because computers were around it like that in the eighties. Okay. Uh, That's what I feel like. Like everybody's just hopped into a PlayStation and just like, ooh, MLB the showtime. I can just trade override on well, this. I, yeah, well, I, b- <laughs> I blame the trade simulator because what the trade simulator does is it tells them that it's a likable trade. Like it tells them it's a realistic trade based off of the money value of the players that they're sending and coming and what's coming back. Like I had some I saw someone and I'm not saying Miguel Andujar brings any value to the Yankees anymore, but he was sending Miguel Andujar and, and other people for like Joey Gallo or something. And it was yeah. like, and it was what? First of all, why would Brian Cashman do If we're going to give up Andujar at this point, it's going to be for something that we absolutely need. Not, not Joey, not Gallo. Joey Gallo. Yeah. And uh, the Joey Gallo fantasy world, I don't know if a bunch of people had a bunch of wet dreams about Joey Gallo over the last couple days, but it's like ridiculous. You know what it is? Is because the Rangers made a trade. Right. And now it's like, yeah, now it's like, oh, who, who can we get? It's just like when they, when Arenado got traded, then it's like, oh, let's get Trevor story. I think somebody trades one guy doesn't mean like it's open season. I feel like this is the second time now, either the Rangers or the A's or both have traded off pieces that like kind of are both the same piece. Like it was kind of a, like a, you didn't really get gain anything. You didn't well, lose. Joey Gallo didn't get traded. No, I know it was uh Chris, it was Davis. Chris Davis for Elvis Andrews. Yeah. Right. Right. And, but like, I feel like there was another trade like that recently between well, those ones teams. like a DH and one's an infielder. So. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of uh Cespedes for Lester for A's and Lester. it was more, it was more recent than that. I just felt like it was like a, okay. I mean, that's good for both teams, I guess. It wasn't like some blockbuster type deal. Right. That... And you know what? If you don't like us calling out Yankee Twitter, then why don't you go on social media and get Yankee Twitter to start acting right? I know everybody saw The Dark Knight. It's one of the best and most popular movies of the last 30 years. Okay. When the, when the Joker says we need a better class of criminal in this city, that is something I live by. We need a better class of fans for this team. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're the New York Yankees. We don't need yeah. a bunch of, of uh, you know, mopes running around with their trade simulators. And Someone's got to hold takes. these people to account to to accountability here. Right. We need a better class of fan for this team. So if I see something I don't like on social media, I'm going to call it out. If you don't like it, call me out and we'll have a discussion about it. Yeah, man. Like I did today. Like I did today. You know what today is? Today's Jason Dominguez's 18th birthday. So happy birthday, Jason Dominguez. I never seen a bunch of grown men phone over a, a kid turning 18 before, like I've seen Yankee Twitter do today. But I mean, hey, that's either here nor there. I mean, what are we talking about with this kid? And then, you know, there, we talked about it a hundred times on this show. Why is this kid untouchable? He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be at all. And then I, I also tweeted this today. I get 
how many times have we been flooded with the if George were alive tweets? Oh, how many times? So overplayed. But the same people are telling me we can't trade an 18-year-old kid for a starting pitcher we need to win in 2021. After not winning a World Series in how many years? Isn't that the ultimate if George were alive move, move trading a prospect for, do you know what, for do you, somebody proven? You want to do if George were alive? If George were alive, he wouldn't even know who the fuck Jason Dominguez is right now. You'd say, yeah, but we can't touch Jason Dominguez. He'd say, who the fuck is Jason Dominguez? And how is okay. he winning me a World Series? Uh, Well, George, I can trade him. Good. Get him out of here. Good. I don't give a fuck. And everybody wants to bring back, well, you know, he wanted to he wanted to trade Jeter and, and Mo, but he didn't. Well, he was talked out of it. And also, and I brought this up today, and I want to get your opinion on it. You also have to look at where you are as an organization. Because in 2016, Aaron Judge, and, you know, you can say what these guys became four years later, but Aaron Judge, Gary uh, Sanchez, Luis Severino, even Tyler Austin, did it make sense to trade any of those guys in 2016? Did it make sense to? Yeah. Did it make sense to trade your no. prospects in 2016? No, that's what we were well, doing. We were trying to well, why, build. Well, why is that, Chris? Why we, did it not make sense in 2016 to trade your prospects? Because in 2016, the goal was to obtain prospects and to obtain guys that you can nurture and, and guys that could become something to possibly build a World Series piece, and then to use to maybe gain those pieces a few years later. To- Were you ready to win a World Series in 2016? No. no. So trading your prospects for older established players made zero sense, correct? I will say this. I will go as far as to say up and through 2018, it didn't make sense because we were told there was a timeline and 2019 was the year. So up until 2019, you could still make the case to defend the Yankees for wanting to obtain prospects or keep prospects. Right. So you have to, you also have to look, like I said, you have to look at it as where you are, are as an organization, you know, early before the Yankees won their first world series in the Tory years, it didn't make sense to trade prospects. They were knocking on the door, you know, in 94, 95, but trading Jeter and Rivera didn't really make a ton of sense because you really weren't there yet. You were hoping these guys would be foundation pieces, building blocks to a world championship team. Just like in 2016, you were hoping Judge Seve, Sanchez, blah, blah, blah. Even, even Tyler Austin would have been building blocks to building a championship team. But now, we're, aren't we at the point in 2021 where we were maybe a piece away? So trading a prospect to get that piece makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, that's just that's just common sense at this point. If the Yankees win, if the Yankees, and, and people are like, well, how do you know? Because I use Luis Castillo as an example because he's the apple of Yankee Twitter's eye right now. And people are like, how do you know that the Reds even want Jason Dominguez? Well, I don't. I'm just using Castillo as an example. Take, you know, Kyle Hendricks. Anybody out there, or Ryan's example as Max Scherzer as a rental, anybody out there that you think that you can slot behind Garrett Cole in the postseason to make a, a legit run at this thing, what's more valuable to you right now as a fan? Putting Going into Yankee Stadium in 2022 and, and seeing them drape down that fucking banner as a 28-21 World Series champions or having Jason Dominguez play left field in 2025 when Garrett Cole is now past his prime? Yeah. Uh 
It, it shouldn't even be debatable. Like, I'm not saying that you go out there and trade uh, Jason Dominguez for a fourth starter, but Luis Castillo is not a fourth starter. Kyle Hendricks is not a fourth starter. These guys are exactly what you're missing in your rotation right now. And wouldn't you feel a lot better about this team if they had Kyle Hendricks, if they had, uh, or if they had Luis Castillo, and those were, and that was the guy directly behind Garrett Cole, and then you had Tyon, and then you had Kluber, and then you had Sevy coming back, Absolutely. or Jordan Montgomery, who somebody told me we forgot to mention, and I went back and listened, and both, and this is when you weren't, you you took your nap, both Dan and I both mentioned Jordan Montgomery, so nobody forgot about Monty. Wouldn't you feel a lot better if you had one of those two guys sitting behind Garrett Cole? That's the whole point here. I'm not looking to ship off every friggin' prospect we have, but this kid is a fairy tale right now. He looks great on a picture. He looks great, as somebody tweeted me today, on a flip phone video of him hitting, <laughs> of him hitting off a tee. It looks amazing. But what, are, what do we want more than anything right now? What do we want anything more than anything right now as Yankee fans? A fucking World Series. Mm-hmm. Like when? 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 Right, Chris, right when? now. Right now. I want to close my fucking eyes. I want to open them, and I want to be in October of 2021, and I want to be on the precipice of a fucking championship. If you wake up in November and you turn on the news because you won't be allowed to go there because COVID's probably still going to be a thing in no- Absolutely. like that in November, mm-hmm. and you turn on the news and they show you the Yankees parade out in the parking lot at Yankee, their parade out in the parking lot of Yankee Stadium because they can't have a real one because they just won the World Series, and then in ten years, Jason Dominguez goes on to be better than fucking Joe DiMaggio. Are you going to care I don't that you traded him? A fuck. I don't get. Do, do the Cubs care that they traded Glaber Torres? I can answer that in one word. No. And why? Uh, I believe that the guy that they got for Glaber Torres helped them win a World Series. Was Glaber Torres not one of the most touted prospects in modern day baseball thus Correct. far? Do that doesn't matter to them though. They still don't care. And and we've already seen Glaber Torres be what a two time All Star in his three seasons as a baseball. And you don't count you don't count last year. But in his first two full time seasons, hasn't Glaber Torres been an All Star? So he's not even in his prime yet. He's not even in his fucking and you th- prime. And, and you think the, the Cubs knowing that care that they traded Glaber Torres? Yeah. Would for- they would they love to be able to put a package together, get him back? Yeah, because now we're in today's times of trying to work, but do they regret it? Do they regret that move? Absolutely not. That move and that move alone is what put them over the top to be the team they needed to be to win the World Series. Yeah, right. They needed a closer more than they needed anything else on that team. So they had their they had one chip to cash in, and they did it, and they won. And I'm not maybe the Yankees have other chips to cash in, but right now it seems that they're depending on where you look. Davy Garcia and Jason Dominguez are the top two rated prospects to me. And I, I'm going off a lot. A lot of what I'm talking about right now is conversations on social media today. So I'm bringing it to the show. To me, Davy Garcia is not a prospect anymore. No. I saw this kid. I seen him be good. Now I'm counting on him to contribute to me winning this year. So now my number one chip 
is Jason Dominguez, who I still read won't be ready until 2024 at the earliest. So do we want a kid collecting dust down in Tampa, Somerset, uh, where, uh, Scranton, wherever the hell they are. Do we want him collecting dust for the next three years in the hopes that he's going to be an all-star? 2024 Jason Dominguez means nothing to us right now. Zero. It means absolutely nothing to me. See, here's the problem. I, he, well, you you go because I'm... And again, people are going to be... And people were saying, oh, well, if the Yankees trade him and they don't win, you know, I'm going to remind you that you wanted him to trade it. Go, go ahead, bro, because go I'm ahead. not going to change on this stance because let's say... The, I'm not saying Luis Castillo, Hendricks, whoever guarantees them winning the World Series, but doesn't it, it eliminates the question marks that we have on okay. this team right now. So here's what... I'm glad you just... I'm glad I let you speak before I spoke because it's kind of going to segue into what I was just about to say is that the Yankees right now... The way the rotation is set up is you have Garrett Cole, and that's a definite. And then you have a bunch of strong question marks behind him, right? And what the Yankees' objective was here was to, if they couldn't go out and get someone who wasn't a question mark, and that's something I, I want to touch on when we get to the Bauer stuff in a little bit. But when you when you don't have the the financial freedom as Brian Cashman and you're told to stay under a certain number, you go out and you get as many strong question marks that make the most sense. And for that, and again, I'll go into more detail later on, but I think Brian Cashman has done a fantastic job of doing that. But the problem lies is that if you can turn just one of those question marks into another solid player, right? Just one, it's worth it. At that point, and and it it could change the dynamic of your entire team. At that point, so where the Yankees stand right now with all these very strong question marks, yeah, they could still end up doing doing this without a guy like Castillo or Hendricks. But if the opportunity presents itself, and we're talking about a guy like Jason Dominguez being in the way, if that if I were ever told that that were the reason why the Yankees didn't solidify one more guy in this rotation. I'd be fucking furious. SGR, you have anything to add to the conversation? Like, I'm he's not, just drinking. He's letting it get into the bloodstream. He's trying to stay calm. Is he drank? Are you drunk yet, Ryan? This is Ryan's Christmas tonight. Yeah. You know? Did you, Ryan, did you guys order uh, White Castle yeah. yet? You did? Oh, man. That, 14 did, years. Did you 14 eat, years did you eat it? You don't no, really eat too much meat anymore. No, I don't know if you can classify yeah, well, White Castle. As well, meat, it's though. like the worst <laughs> yeah, kind of meat. So when your body doesn't have meat and then you're going to what? Like if you don't eat meat, if you only eat meat occasionally, normal normal people will go to like a filet mignon when they eat meat. Yeah. But you go to White Castle, which even people who do eat meat and then eat White Castle, their bodies can't really break it down. Well, so Ryan's we'll trying we'll not to talk too tomorrow. much. Ryan's trying yeah, to keep it I'm down. prepping my body. You're right. No, you know, look, look, Christian, you made a great point comparing this with the with the Cubs. It's it's that that team needed a closer to to complete their run to you know be contenders for a World Series. They won the World Series so after how many Dominguez years? Would, yeah. A hundred plus, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, and and this feels like a hundred plus. Well, since in Yankee years, it is. So. And Yankee, yeah, it is. Yankee years yeah, are like dog multiply. years. When you don't right. win a World Series, you it multiply is. them by seven, right? Is that so? The rule? As yeah, something like right. that. So as much as it would it would hurt to see Dominguez go because the the stuff you hear about him is great. 
but if you could help this team win right now in 2021, then it's not, it's really a no brainer, but it seems like Cashman is going to be hesitant to do something like this, especially with Hicks. Hicks's contract will be up right at that time that they're saying 2024, right? That's when Hicks will be a free agent and then they'll just slot Dominguez in. Uh, You know what? He'll probably have another Tommy John in the next three years. So Cash is pushing for it. Cash is pushing for it. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't see them really moving Dominguez because they see him as the future of this organization, and they, you know, and he, they, they amount that more than trading him right now. Here's, here's something else I brought up. That I want to get your take on it. Why is Brian Cashman thinking three, four years down the road? Does he, does he have reassurances from Hal Steinbrenner that he, right, his job right. is safe? Because if I'm running, if I'm the owner of the New York Yankees, at some point I got to say, hey, you know what, bro, I've stuck a billion dollars into this team since I gave you the keys and I don't got shit to show for it. Um, when are you going to win? When are you going to win for me? When do you plan? And, to, and if I'm what, when do you plan to get to Bauer right after this? Because after you're speaking, yeah. I want to make a point. Yeah, no, it's really all we have to talk. We're talking about this and then we'll go to Bauer. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you how to fucking produce the show. Don't tell me how to run. The no, no, no. I'm, thing. I'm just asking because okay? I didn't want to disrespect your, your okay? storyline okay, of Al? the show here. Okay. Okay, Al. Okay. Al Duke. <laughs> Why? That's what I'm saying. Why is Brian Cashman thinking about three, four years down the road? I'm not saying sell the whole farm, but if you got an opportunity to win this year, why are you worried about a kid that's going to make a difference for you in four years? You might not even be here in four years. At least that's the way I'm looking at it. If I'm Hal, I got to be saying to myself, I can't give Brian Cashman another four years if we don't win. Yeah. Um, I, that's a that's such a good point there. I think we all know Trevor Bauer went to the Dodgers, and we'll break that down. But when that happened, something happened to me, and I got fucking Up. angry, angry. And I said to myself, "Why is a guy who is available and nothing else is in the way but money?" Not on the New York Yankees. If they can, if if locking him up would put them over the top to be the favorite to win a World Series, far, it wouldn't even be close. Why? And you know what? I, you go, go you okay. say, right? It's no, okay. No, no, you finish, 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 finish. I was just going to say that it made me finally see what's going on here. And I can no longer be mad at Brian Cashman because Hal Steinbrenner putting this on Cashman is completely unfair. You want to know Why? Because if you look at what Brian Cashman did with what he was allocated to do, he actually did a phenomenal job. And the year that he did have the money to go spend, he got the guy that we needed him to get. So you know what? I said to myself, it is so unfair right now to blame Brian Cashman for anything. Because we know very well that if he had the freedom to go get Bauer, Bauer would be on the New York Yankees right now, and he should be because they haven't won a goddamn World Series, and we just said Yankee are 77 years. And so you know what? I think it's comp- – and is it realistic that Hal's saying I can't give Cashman another four? Yeah, absolutely, of course. It's the business world. It's the corporate world. But mm-hmm. is it truly fair? No, it's not because what for what Brian Cashman could do – you actually have to give him an A plus for what he did this offseason. No, you don't. Are you, you don't fucking have to give him an A+. Me? 
You don't have Hold to give on, him an Christian. A plus. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. He didn't have. He's he's just about has enough money left to to sign fucking Brett Gardner right now. Okay. Okay. So right. that came after signing who? DJ LeMayu. Okay, was that a necessity? Yes. And it happened, correct? At a very good yeah. deal for the Yankees, correct? A plus right. deal for the Yankees, correct? I would say All so. All the available pieces to keep Brian Cashman right at the place where he only has enough money to sign Brett Gardner now. Would you say those but were you, A plus moves? The only moves he could realistically make? You and mean they, to tell me there's not one starting pitcher he could have acquired via trade that didn't have two you mean to tell me there is? surgeries? You mean to tell me there is? I don't know that. That's right? his exactly. job. That's exactly. His job I'm basing it off it of the facts right yeah. now, not off of assumptions. Right. The facts are he had this amount of money and mm. he had to get this. I wouldn't say players. I think he's done a pretty good job. I would Based probably, off of the facts that you have in front of you of what you know, not what you're assuming could have happened. Did he not have an A-plus offseason? No. He, he didn't got, have an A-plus offseason. Jamison Tyon. And he got Injured. Corey Kluber to, to place behind Garakole with no money to spend because he had to get DJ LeMayu. Right, and he could have had Masahiro Tanaka, who we know is going to take the ball every fifth day. No, he couldn't. Why not? If he didn't sign, if he didn't get those two guys, he would have. We could have got Tanaka. So you want to play the two for one special? That that's what you. That's the game you want to play. Right I'd now. rather I would, play the tie on the tie on Kluber over Tanaka. But, but what are we what are we talking about here again? It's that we don't have the question marks eliminated from the rotation. And that's on him as the general manager to go out there and knock on doors, pick up the phone, you know, whatever he's got to do and get a trade done. That's why we're talking about trading Jason Dominguez. You don't mean to tell me if he called up the Cubs and said, look, dude, I want Hendricks. Hendricks, what does Hendricks make? He makes a very reasonable amount of money. Well, like $13, $14 million a year, yeah, which 14. is what they're paying. Huh? I'm sorry, Ryan. I think it's 14 and, it's in, and it increases every year until his contract's up. Right. So for this season, we're thinking about this season alone of them resetting. Yes. You don't sign Kluber. You don't trade for Tyon. You go out there and get Hendricks. So minus, or you feel better with Hendricks. And was Hendricks, Hendricks available? And, I'm not saying that he was. I'm saying that's why you as the general manager for the Yankees make the phone call. You see the tea leaves are right there. It's right there, written on the wall. He the Cubs are making... He didn't. The Cubs are making. Uh, do we know that he did? Do, but have we do heard? we know he didn't? I don't know that. Well, we're, now we're still fighting over uh, over things we're assuming. Then, but what we're trying to say is that again, none of the question marks have been eliminated. So you, you would, see the cut. So you would have been happier. Let me get this straight. Yeah, okay. you would have been uh -huh. happier. With not a, not acquiring anyone into this rotation. No, no, no. And just getting that. and just getting Tanaka back over getting Kluber. And Jameson Tyon. What I said was that I didn't like that we didn't eliminate any of the question marks that this team uh, had in the rotation. That's what I keep telling you. And Tanaka, to you right now, based off of his last few big game starts, was that was that answer? Uh, I think again we talked about this last week. I think you're completely uh, di dismissing Tanaka. I think what be. I think and and I love Tanaka, but I think what Brian Cashman does when he's told he has to stay under a certain amount of money 
is he says, okay, I need to see how I can make the most of this by looking at each guy and looking at the risk to reward, right? Yes, big risk, but huge reward. Huge reward being able to put in a healthy Corey Kluber and a healthy Jameson Tyon. Huge reward. Uh, Yeah, it's risk and reward, man. It's a but the the reward you get from a from a you know, good strong just Kluber. Like fighting with you, and I don't even believe what I say. Just I just want to fight it's, with you. That's Christian's way of telling me he thinks I'm right. Because no, but because a strong what, Kluber and a strong Tyon are yeah. way more valuable than Tanaka at where he left this team. I it's right. almost like you want to dance with something different at this point. So I get why you want to go Kluber and Tyon, but also at the same time, I feel that Tanaka is a lot more steady than those two guys. I think you can figure what you're going to get from him while you don't know what you're going to get from him. You don't know if either of those guys is going to take the ball in April. You know, I'll say you this. Can't, you, you can't confidently tell me that right now. I'm trying you to can say that Tyon looks great pitching at a, in a fucking warehouse or wherever the hell he's been throwing the ball. But again, it's just the same thing with Dominguez. What is, what does that mean to me? I, I got to put myself in Cashman's shoes a little bit. And that's why I'm kind of defending him. And it's like, I got to say two things. This was, this was more than just like a James Paxton, hope he stays healthy type deal to me because you have two things contributing to the, to the optimism behind Kluber and Tyon. Kluber being that him and his agents seem extremely confident that this guy is, that this guy is ready to win again and ready to be effective because he took the one year deal. And I think that speaks volumes out uh, above and beyond what they've said personally, because words are just words. And with the tie on stuff, you got to look at it from, from the perspective of what he's hearing from Garrett Cole at that point before he makes that deal. And you got to imagine that when you respect a guy and give a guy as much money as you give to Garrett Cole, when he's sitting there and defending this guy and saying he's a gamer, he's a, he, he's someone you can slot in and he will be reliable. You're you're fucking trusting that guy, man. You're trusting Garrett Cole, and and, and to see how he truly feels about Tyon, which he hasn't been uh, quiet about, that makes you very confident to make that that's a good deal to make. And so, Chris, again, you, for all those reasons, I think Brian Cashman did a phenomenal job. I really do. And you bring up Garrett Cole, and it does, it does seem like he did have some sort of say in this offseason with the Tyone signing. He, he, he must have had some oh, sort he of did. influence there. Yeah, it seems that way. I don't so think the Yankees ha- t- – right, Ryan. I don't think the Yankees take this risk without talking right. to Garrett Cole first. So now, so now, so now in my mind is this, this is why the Yankees didn't sign Trevor Bauer. Take the luxuries tax aside – you're not going to pay Trevor Bauer more than you're going to pay Garrett Cole. If you really influ- if you really think of him that in that way, you're not going to do anything to try and damage that, and that's that a, relationship. That's a very fair argument. That- Ryan, I cannot I you were there. I f- I fucking hug you right now because you uh-huh. cannot and I you cannot you can fucking not have Trevor Bauer walk into the Yankees clubhouse making more money than Garrett Cole, you cannot have that happen. That is not even luxury. That's not even talking about the luxury right. tax. And I, because we'll get into this in a few minutes, because that was part of our Twitter poll for this week. If you were the Yankees, would you have offered 
Would you have wanted the Yankees to offer Bauer the same type of money he got from the Dodgers, which is essentially two for 85, which is fucking mind-boggling. And people are like, well, it's not my money. What do I care? It's not always about the money. And trust mm -hmm. me, if they open up Yankee Stadium tomorrow, I'm going to be there. I keep fucking saying it. If you can give out vaccines at Yankee Stadium, I can sit there and watch a baseball game at Yankee Stadium. Right or wrong, I don't care. That's how I feel at the moment. But it's the truth. <laughs> mm -hmm. But right, so I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna pay nine dollars for a pretzel. I'm gonna get fucking beat over the head because I gotta bring for forty five dollars for some stuffed bear because I gotta bring it home for my daughter. But I'm misogynistic. Right? <laughs> I don't care about my daughter. <laughs> And go and pay $30 for a pink bat and $50 for a fucking chicken bucket or whatever it is. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend three weeks fucking salary having a good time at Yankee Stadium. So don't tell me that it's not my money because it is my money because that's why because they take it out on us. So it is my money. So I think I have a say in all this. But also, it's not always about the money. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You, you can give these, you can give fucking Tyler Wade a $30 million a year contract. I don't care. More power to these players, right? But it's also about status. This guy's your fucking ace, man. Garrett Cole has earned the distinction of being the Yankees' ace. There, there's not one person in the world that would sit there and tell you that he's any less than the second best pitcher in Major League Baseball. And you're going to have fucking Trevor Bauer walking in there making more money than him. And this isn't even about the Yankees. I feel for fucking Jacob DeGrom that they were going to offer that fucking guy $40 million a year when Jacob DeGrom went out there and fucking took less money to be loyal to the Mets. And you're going to go give Trevor Bauer $80 million over two years are you fucking kidding me you, you know what it, it's funny that you brought that up right it's such a good fucking argument and and it and it like i said when i when i when someone brings up a point that you can't refute you can't refute that point you're 100 right and so i guess my anger is irrational at that point but it's funny if you look at the market nowadays and this wasn't true when we were younger Yes, I know the market is always about the players who are in it at the time and who's setting the market. But it goes beyond that now because at least when we were growing up, it was always more of like, okay, yes, the market is set within that year and pool of players, but that didn't override. Like there were still times where you'd have to sit back and go, come on, dude, look at what happened two years ago with this guy and what he's making and kind of have an argument. It's gotten so out of control that it doesn't matter what Garrett Cole is to anyone. If he, he could be the greatest pitcher of all time, it doesn't matter what he signed for just two years ago. When you're evaluating now Trevor Bauer, we can all sit here and rationally say Trevor Bauer is a good pitcher, but he's nowhere near Garrett Cole, correct? Right. But, yes. his, but now his money's nowhere near it in a greater way i mean that's mm -hmm. insane and same so you could say same, uh, say the same thing with jacob Degrom. he only makes 27 mil a year comparing to jacob Degrom is the best I mean, pitcher the, in baseball yes yes that contract if you look back on it today that is one of the better contracts so the, ever the problem baseball. is no owners uh gms don't even have the leverage of sitting there and saying look dude you're not going to get 45 million a year DeGrom's the greatest pitcher in, in the game. He's only making 27. Or 
Garrett Cole's one of the best pitchers in the game. He's only making what? Uh, 30, 36. 36. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll get, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you <laughs> Garrett Cole money. Even though you're not as good as Garrett Cole, I'll give it. They can't even say that. You want to know why? Cause they know there's a team right around the corner that does have it and will do it. And, and it's just gotten, it's gotten insane. And then we, and then this goes back to my point from last year of our, of our argument where, you know, owners sit there and play, play victim and cry poverty over, over no revenue. Give me a break. No, these players are going to get paid by these owners no matter what. So don't make it. Neither side should be really making excuses. They're the ones who continue to pay these guys this kind of money. And we continue to say it over and over again. There's going to be no more 10-year deals. There's going to be no more. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. It doesn't matter how bad these deals turn out to be for some teams. There's always teams around the corner who turn a blind eye to it and don't care and have the money at the time and will do it. It depends on the player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it does anymore. If Francisco Lindor is getting 10 years, he's going to get close to it in eight, right. nine. Yeah. He's going to get it. Yes. And I understand that because Trevor Bauer probably got $40 million a year, 45 in the second year, because uh, it's a short-term deal. It's 40 for this year, opt out. And then if he doesn't opt out, he gets $45 million, which I'm going to tell you he should – if he gets advice to opt out of $45 million a year, he should fire his agent right away <laughs> because no one's going to, he's not going to get that anywhere. And then um, opt out of the second year. And then seven, I think, believe it's sharp drop 17 million in uh, the third year, which means it's a two year deal. He's not, unless he's hurt, he's that option's not getting paid. Yeah. He's not going to opt out. And I believe the Mets, it was 40, 40, would opt outs after the first two years, but he had a bigger landing spot in the third year. It was thirty million, if I remember correctly. Mm. So he took the he took the more money over the two years than to be with the Mets. Schmott. Which hey, you know what? He got the money and more power to him. I I don't hate on guys for getting their money. No. But, but and again, people you're gonna say <coughs> excuse me, that he got that AAV because uh, of the short-term deal. But don't think that he's not going out there swinging his stick, walking into a locker room, being the first $40 million a year player in Major League Baseball one year or not. And you're going to have him walk into the Yankees clubhouse doing that shit? You're going to have him walk, do that shit in Jacob DeGrom's face? Especially well, already when there's this... Oh, and the Mets. I was thought you were saying Yankees again, hypothetically. Because right, there's a you know, stigma you know around him, too, with Garrett Cole. Yeah, but again, you want to take you got to take Gary. I mean, you got to take Jacob Degrom's side on this one. We're not Met fans, but I respect the hell out of the guy. The guy's been hands down the best Dude, pitcher absolutely. in baseball for the last four or five years, yeah. or what, or however long he's been dominating the game. What did he have? And I know wins don't matter, but what he won to Cy Young with a 500 record or a below 500 record, yep. and his ERA was like two and change because they didn't score for him. The guy should have won 25 games that year. Mm-hmm. And he took a team-friendly deal yep. for you yeah. to stay there. And I know Will Ponds versus Cohen, but come on, man. Like, if Steve Cohen's as big of a Met fan come as he on, says man. he is, he's got to know better than that. That why Jacob DeGrom took that deal that he did to be loyal to the Mets and their fans. Hold on. Hold on. Having some issues here. Lose you? We got it. We got it back. We got the audio back. Sorry. <laughs> it's there. 
It didn't cut at you. I only missed the end. You were you were starting to tell. So what do you want me to say? Nothing. You're good. You're on. You're hot. Yeah. All right. That's how I'm going to end segments from now on. Just cut I'm just going to cut the audio. I don't remember what I was saying now. So what do you? Okay. You got it all out. It only skipped like the last word. Yeah, but I'm not done with my thought yet. Can't fuck with Degrom. You got to be loyal to Degrom. Cohen verse. Oh right, right. Okay, I got it. I got it. <clears throat> and right or wrong, like people were saying about us, you know, we're abrasive. We're this. We're that. And maybe we rub people the wrong way. And you know, Trevor Bauer's got a, a reputation like that too, mm-hmm. the way he acts on social media. But again, you're going to bring that type of personality. And again, I don't want to cast aspersions on Trevor Bauer. Maybe he's different in a clubhouse and it's all a social media act. Francisco Lindor apparently went out of his way to tell Sandy Olsen what a good teammate uh, Trevor Bauer was. But then you're bringing him in, a first $40 million a year guy doing his thing. Maybe he, maybe he carries over himself like that into the clubhouse doing that thing. And Jacob DeGrom sitting there saying, I took $13, 14000000 million mm-hmm. a year less to stay here and and you're giving it to this guy? And maybe who's... DeGrom's not that player either, but you can't risk that because the second you do that, that's when you start to have a clubhouse that you lose control over. And nothing's worth that. Nothing's worth that when you're talking about a guy like DeGrom who is as valuable as he is. But also, you have to look at it like this. Jacob DeGrom got that contract over being a reigning... Um, Cy Young winner, did he? I don't know if he got it after the it's second Cy back. Young, but I don't know when they got him the contract, right? But he's also he already established himself, and I know Bowers coming off a of Cy Young too, whatever. He already established himself as an elite starting pitcher, top of the line, number one, whatever you want to say about him. Trevor Bowers had two, count them here, one, two seasons where he had a sub four ERA, and we all said twenty twenty. Well, maybe not all, but I said 2020 counts, right? 2020 counts. It does. But the guy made 12 starts. Okay. How much How much do you want to take into account that now Trevor Bauer is an elite starting pitcher? I am 100% on board with what you just said because it was running through my mind as you were saying it. I'm kind of annoyed with MLB and the analysts and the networks that are... I'm not saying to not count 2020, 2020 stats. I'm not saying not to count the awards. Right. And if you want me to speak on DJ LeMayu, so you don't think I'm being, uh, you know, biased towards towards a guy who didn't get an award that was a Yankee. DJ LeMayu's batting title counts. Yes. But I'm sick of how analysts in Major League Baseball aren't at least taking the time to decipher the difference between them winning it in 20. Like they were talking about DJ LeMayu on MLB Network. They made him the top second baseman in baseball, which I think he is. And they said, you know, coming off a, a big, uh, you know, batting title, blah, 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 without even mentioning like, but you know, it, it wasn't a full season, but it's like they just act like 2020 was a normal year. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't for, for Trevor Bauer either. We don't know. He was having a great year. Yeah, but that 12 starts should not be what what is justifying the contract that this guy just got. I mean, look at the year uh, Severino had a couple years ago. If that was the case, remember, before the All-Star break, he was the best pitcher in baseball. And then after the All-Star break, he was the one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Yeah, 2018, so, right? Yeah, 2018. So, you know, that's 60 games is not baseball. It's just not. 
And think about it. He played two of the worst hitting divisions in baseball right. all year right. long. So look I mean, at the Pirates. I mean, look at that team. And I don't again, I don't want to take it away from credit to him. No, he, no he, for sure. He showed out in, in uh, 2020, but that was his second season that he had under a four ERA. So now we're taking what was it, 2018, I believe. It was 2018 in the COVID season as his quote elite years. And we're giving him forty million dollars a year off of that. Crazy. That's why um What are you doing? <laughs> I say you sc- a screenshot of the time. Christian said before the show, it, if if we're still recording at five o'clock, something went terribly wrong. Oh <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I know what time mm-hmm. it is. Uh, anyway, so now you're just delaying the inevitable of us getting to the end of the show here. Um, so you want to go to Twitter and then we'll wrap up the show here. Sure. What was the poll again? For, uh, this is how I phrase it. For all intents and purposes, the Dodgers signed Bauer to a two-year, $85 million contract. Putting the luxury tax issues aside, would you have wanted the Yankees to extend a similar offer to Bauer? So you didn't even bring up the the Garrett Cole point. You just w- left it to see if the fans would have uh, would have thought about it. And I got to be honest, I wouldn't have. That was something that when Sakai Rice said it, it was like a light bulb that went off. SGR. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Rebrand. No, I mean, that's like you just, like you said in the poll, Christian, luxury tax aside. Yeah, I put it aside. I'm not even thinking about it. And I'm big on, I'm big on the Yankees. definitely. According to luxury tax, this move had nothing to do with the luxury tax. It had to do with the fact that Garrett Cole is going to be here for a long time and you don't want to do anything to do, to disrupt that relationship. And clearly he has influence in the organization. If Jameson Tyone's pitching here and we've, we heard, you know, what, uh, Cole said about him so they they really do regard Cole as somebody they don't want to mess mess that up what they have there so but no guys. you're not going to pay Trevor Bauer more especially especially because there's a kind of a history there right between yeah, Bauer that's what and I was saying they went to college together and shit like that so it's not like some random player too it, it would be a guy that has a history uh with with Cole and you just it's not worth it because they, this is this is big for this the Yankees are locked in with Garrett Cole you but, don't want to disrupt that. But guys, if George were alive, do you think he would care about Garrett Cole and his happiness? Yeah. Okay. I think I made my point pretty clear on how I stand on that. No, I would not want the Yankees to offer him 40, $45 million a year, even for two years. I w- was on board with them going after him at the beginning of the all season, but I was like at $25, $30 million a year, which I think is more than fair for a guy that put together the career that Trevor Bauer put together. I think you're talking ridiculousness when you're talking about 40 million Trevor Bauer. Are we living in a world where Trevor Bauer is the first $40 million a year baseball player? That's wild. Yep. And I brought this, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with Cashman and now, and just, just, we don't have to go too far into it, but just give me like a simple yes or no on it. I don't think that Hal is like so set on 210 as much as like he wants to stay at 210. But if Brian Cashman brings him something, now this is Brian Cashman's job as general manager to bring him something and say, Hal, I, I know you want to stay around 210, but here's the guy. Here's this. This is what we need. And he's not going to bother Hal Steinbrenner to go over 210 for fucking Trevor Rosenthal or some middle reliever. 
you know, it's a Garrett Cole type deal where he's mm. got to come to him with Garrett Cole and say, this is the guy we need to go over 210 for him. I don't think Brian Cashman ever thought Trevor Bauer was worth going over 210 for. Uh, I think he'd be wrong to not think that. And I think that's where we're going to argue here is that my, me being okay with the Yankees not signing Bauer is strictly and solely based on the fact that I would never sign a guy who was demanding that much money and pay him more than my ace. But outside of that, if Trevor Bauer came to Cashman and said, I'll take 32 for two years, you know, over each year and with similar option type shit, whatever, he's absolutely worth it. We just talked about what we need to, to really solidify this team. Trevor Bauer is that guy. But but not at that not at that money and right. and okay. and not at that money because of the luxury tax or whatever. It strictly on the argument that SGR made about Garrett Cole, and I'm and I'm leaving it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but also, right? In a year after he went and got an ace, don't don't we think we know Brian Cashman well enough to? figure this guy's got an ego about him and he doesn't always want it to be about the Steinbrenner's money. So sometimes he also wants to prove how smart he is. Mm-hmm. And that's where Kluber and Tyon come in where he's not going to go and bother Hal Steinbrenner yeah. for mm-hmm. $60 million or $80 million for Trevor Bauer because he wants to now show you how smart mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is why I think it's it's all about timing because it does seem like right now the the mindset going into the season is to stay under that luxury tax and go into the season with the roster they currently have, you know, replacing one player in Tanaka with two in Tyone and Kluber at the that probably around the same AAV. So they're going into it that way, and then maybe around the deadline, that's when they'll make the decision if it's not working out to go and get a guy that would put them over the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. But I think for right now, they're just they're going to go into the season this way, constructing a, a roster based off of, of numbers and, and staying under a certain limit. And then from there, if it's not working, then, then because think about it, guys, it, unless Cashman knows ahead of time going into this year that his, his job is secure and that he has a long-term future with this team. If they're off to a terrible start or a start where they don't look like they're going to make a run, then he's going to have to make a move in term, to, to keep his job. So I think the big thing is going to be that this team will answer those questions on luxury tax and whether or not there's, you know, they care about it. And that's not going to happen until around July. Okay. All fair points. Let's go to Twitter here. Uh, I, I said, I told uh, this gentleman that I don't usually give away whose tweets I'm going to read on the show, but I thought he brought up an excellent point and that's at and Costanzo uh, 24. He said, and Reference to the question. Nope. If you told me the Yankees had $85 million to improve the roster over the next two years, I'd do a million things before I gave all that money to Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's a solid point. I don't think so. Again, think so? again my argument lives and dies on, on SGR's point. Uh, why, am, mm-hmm. why do I care about the next two years? We just had a whole rant of why we don't. And I'm not saying no, it's a bad also, point. No, I'm not saying also, it's a bad point. I'm no, just saying no. I don't agree with it. 
No, you're, you're, he's also taking into account 2022, but 2021 is also involved in that. If the Yankees had $40 million sitting around to pay one player for this offseason, I mean, wouldn't you rather spread it than uh, give it to Trevor Bauer? No, I mean, I think that there shouldn't be a, a, a cap here. I think that you have to weigh what you need to to really put yourself in the best position to win a World Series this year or next year. I mean, we sit here as fans. Well, are and you say, saying this year or next year? You're no, saying no, 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 no. next year. Uh, hold on, I was just getting to that. We sit here and say absolutely has to be this year. But my point to that is if they got Bauer and didn't win it this year, they still have that same team that can do it the next year. You can't but you not have $40 get a million guy, dollars more. But you can't not get a guy to think about future years. You can get the guy and say, okay, now we have a few years to win with these with these people. We're in a position now where this team was supposed to be built and ready to go, and we're still talking about years ahead mm-hmm. and what right. you have but to you're do. You're the one that didn't like trading Adam Modavino as a salary dump. So we had forty million dollars a not year. Not because and you have Adam Adovino here still again and maybe can go out there and get maybe you go out there and mess around inside Brad hand for if, a year if you were telling me we were saving 25 million by getting rid of a guy like Adam Adovino I'd say yeah let's get the it was ultimately 7 million they saved for a guy who I think his upside was much stronger than just saving seven million. Right, but if they have forty million dollars, we don't have to have this conversation because they don't have to trade out of Montevino. But you just said yourself that there might be a guy that he could take to to Hal and say, "Hey, look, I know we don't have it, but we need to spend this." <laughs> he clearly didn't care that much about Adam Montevino. <laughs> no, not <laughs> to at make all. that argument. All right, let's take it from a, a different perspective. At Frankie's too loud. Yes, it's the difference between a ring and not. I don't care about Hal's. Uh, pretend financial woes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta agree with your boy there. Again, we're ta- we're if we're just living in a world where we're not taking into consideration uh, the Garrett Cole stuff and that he'd be paid more. Yeah, I mean, nothing should matter at that point. Right, but are we taking into Garrett Cole into consideration? When you're taking that into consideration, yeah. if and, and, and if you're using that as the reason why they didn't spend the money, then I'm 100% on board with that, and I will defend that. But if it's because they didn't have the money to spend and nothing more, I do not agree with this. I do not agree that we shouldn't have signed him. I, I can't agree with that because they need a guy like Trevor Bauer. You just said they need a guy like Hendricks or they need a guy like Castillo. Way Trevor more Bauer's, consistent. Trevor Bauer's way better, though. Way better. No, he's not. Oh, Look at come on. Look at the we'll numbers. See. Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, I wouldn't, Bauer. He's he, I wouldn't yeah, say he's way better. I would say he's way better. I think Hendricks I would say, has a longer track I would record. Say Hendricks is probably way better than Trevor Bauer. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Uh, your boy, this is my, I guess he's my boy. I'm going to read, I'm going to just give him a pop here at medic nine, six, eight, because he said pop, I threw pop. him under a bus. I didn't throw him under the bus, he's, he's, but I got to give him a lot of credit now. because he's, he's, he's become a very faithful, loyal listener to the show. I mean, I got to, he's, he's the one that's been kind of, uh, you know, talk, discussing, uh, Dan's, uh, report from last week with a lot of Yankee fans that don't actually listen to our show. So that's kind of gotten out there because of it. Nice. Um, 
So he, but he does say there were better pitchers the Yankees could have had and traded for than and used the eighty-five million dollars a year to improve the roster in other areas. I won't knock the Dodgers, but I think they paid too much. I I agree with that last yes. part. I'm not going to knock the Dodgers. They wanted to go out there and and blow past the luxury tax, give this guy eighty-five million dollars, go for a second consecutive ring. Not gonna knock him for it. More power to him, right? But I don't want. Well, I don't want to hear anybody out in LA if they win this year. Tell me that only the Yankees buy titles. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And the last one, we got to give it to our boy. Uh, stadium status. Gloria told me no baseball player is worth that kind of money, and I have to agree with her because she's the expert after all. I thought he was gonna finish it up. I thought he was gonna say. Gloria told me no baseball players worth that money, and neither am I. See ya. So there you go. All right. So we want to thank everybody that uh, dropped us to comment. We got a lot of interaction on that tweet. You know, some weeks like it was really a struggle to get four fucking responses. We got dozens of them on that one. People were, very passionate. People were very, very passionate about Trevor Bauer. All right. So one thing that... Uh, a lot of this country is passionate about as we are approaching five o'clock here, about an hour and a half away from the game is the Super Bowl. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we'll play this back Monday morning and see who was right. We'll just go around final score prediction, starting with SGR. Final score prediction. I'm going to go with four, uh, 45 to 25 Chiefs. Whoa. All right. Win, win easily. 38-34. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom. 45's a bit high. Let me go with I'll go with 38. 38-25. Okay. Are you final. wearing are you wearing flip-flops right now? Flippy because flippies. that's what you're doing. 38-34 yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks. My boy Tom Brady holds up the MVP trophy. Oh, you got Bucks going. All right. Like it. <clears throat> As a Giant fan, no animosity towards Tom Brady because we beat him all the time. So why do I have to hate the guy? So I'm rooting for him to get another one here. Do it. 37-27 in favor of the Bucks, And I picked that score because my fucking numbers are 7-7. Seven and seven, So eat it. Boom. I want to win some money right And there. let me all tell right. you something. My dad only taught me one valuable thing in life. <laughs> never, ever. You don't have to bet with him. But never, ever bet against Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. So your father basically skipped the first. He never taught me how to shave. He never taught me (laughs) how. He uh, obviously I'm a misogynist, so he never taught me how to properly treat women. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that I came away with, out of all the life lessons, was that never to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, it's won you a lot of money too, though. So you can't knock that. Absolutely. All right. Next weekend. So we'll, right. we'll play when you listen back. Let us know if you, we got. Well, we'll know. Who cares anyway? We'll know. Uh, next okay. weekend, it was supposed to be the the end of it all. The Yankees were supposed to report uh, pitchers and catchers. I believe it was supposed to be the fourteenth. Passed uh, pushed back to about the seventeenth, eighteenth. Now I think they report the, first yeah. full workouts like the twenty second. So next weekend will be the last. Knock on wood, please. The last weekend until hopefully late. October that we have no Yankee baseball activity. Mm. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into a bunch of different things in, in the, you know, preview uh, spring training a little bit next weekend, but please five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you very much for listening to the show. 
Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. SGR. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.